everyone, and welcome to the Child of a Library podcast. Today, I know it's been crazy, there's a lot of collaboration content going up at the moment, but I'm super, super, super excited for today's episode, because you actually know today's podcast partner that is here with me in this collaboration. It's Randy. Give a warm welcome to Randy. Woohoo! Hello! Oh, it's so good to be back. Very exciting. Yeah, so for everyone who does not know, definitely check out my episode number eight, because this is where I did like a reading coaching session with Randy, because he is also a podcaster from California. And on here, we did a collaboration with his podcast, Random Top 5, where we talked about weird Asian foods that we ate. And then over on my podcast, I, as I said, gave him a reading coaching session and like took different prompts, things that he likes in his day-to-day -day life and recommended some books and gave him some tips on how he can incorporate a little bit more reading. So now maybe I'm handing over to Randy so he can introduce also his new podcast about theme parks that we did another collaboration just a few minutes ago. So Randy, your stage. Yes, like you said, I do have a new podcast, old podcast, Random Top 5, still going, just a small delay, but the new podcast, The Last Theme Park, where it's all about how there's so many, you know, I, the name comes from there being too many theme park podcasts. So I decided, why don't I make the last one? So that's that's why it's called The Last Theme Park Podcast. It's the very last one. You'll never find another one after it. There's a lot of, there's a lot before it, but this is the last one. So I hope you enjoy. It's, it's a great podcast. I just had Marika on and it was a lot of fun. Definitely check that out because the last time when I was in the theme park was in 2019, you know, back in another world, in another time. <laughs> I was going to say you did the right thing. That was the that was the right time to go because, you know, after that. Yeah, not much possibility afterwards. But yeah, so now that you introduced your new podcast and also how you... Because I was actually wondering where the name was coming from. So it's good oh, that you yeah. referenced that. That, that would have been something I, I could have told you on the podcast, but I should have. Uh, that's one of those, you know, <laughs> things that I should have done, did not do, unfortunately. My apologies. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, that's the good thing when you've got like two episodes. At some point, you will always get the answers that you seek. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. So because what I am also wondering about is how has your reading been going after the reading coaching session? Have any books that I recommended been read? Did anything stick Anything. Let me just, tell you just something. Just tell us. Spill the tea. One thing stuck the most, and that was Saga. I I almost completed the whole thing. I believe I was really. I believe I was on book six or seven. I forgot which one, but I kept renting. I have Hoopla, so I'm able to mm -hmm. rent these books. So I've been rent. I rented them until you know my allowance was out. Uh, but mm -hmm. I I kept reading it, and it was, it got it was very graphic. Did not expect the storyline to take so many of those dark turns, I, you know, and it's it's very real too. Even though it's taking place in space where it's a fantasy, there's a lot of real adult themes in there. So, with war and everything, yeah, very interesting for sure. Some of the other books I did try, like Dune, I downloaded a Dune. You know, it was, it was yeah. tough. <laughs> it was a little yeah. tougher to get into Dune, I believe, for me. <laughs> um, but since then, I've been reading so much. I'm still reading. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but, you know, we've got the manga, Japanese manga, even Korean manga. 
or whatever you Korean comics, American comics too. Actually, I've been reading a lot of American comics. That's cool. I mean, I've been also like getting more into graphic novels and also into manga, but I will come to that in a second. I'm super happy that you really loved Saga. So for everyone who does not know what Saga is, it's a very, very famous graphic novel series that is set in space. And it's basically like about a war between two different races. And we've got two people, one of them from one race, one of them from the other, and they fall in love and they have a baby. But the story is not about them falling in love and, you know, ultimately getting together and having the baby. But it starts from the moment when they have the baby and then have to navigate like the whole war theme, how everyone treats them, how they have to run from basically both sides, how they like each in their way betrayed their species by like getting along with the other and what complications it gets and Yeah, and it's also partly told from the point of view of the child, which I also found like a very nice twist. And yeah, like it's a very, very mm -hmm. praised graphic novel series. And it was supposed to be very good. And I really, really hope that Randy would like it. So I'm very happy. <laughs> that Great that choice. The, you know, there was another book actually called... Oh, you know what? I forgot the name, but it was about you recommended the audiobook version where you can hear the two stories, you know, the two Illuminate. narrators. Yeah. What was that? The Illuminate Files? Illuminate Files, yes. You know, I, I'm wondering why did I stop? It, I think the reason is I had so many saga rentals that <laughs> the Illuminate Files got pushed to the back. But I and, and you know, after a while they get um they get they get returned to the cloud. So then I kind of mm -hmm. forgot about it. But I think because of this podcast, this episode, I will reborrow it. So I'm excited to finish that book. Definitely go and check that out. Like the Illuminate Files saga is basically a three book series that has a very, very different format. Like if you read it in physical form, it has it. The story is told through all of these different types of media. Like there's transcripts from video camera footage. There is redacted info from files there's like classified encrypted messages stuff like that so it's very interactive and you never get bored because there are so very different ways of formatting and then when you consume the audiobook they have a full cast of people who recorded they've got like sound mm -hmm. effects and everything so it's very very cool either way i'm probably thinking that it would be like the ultimate experience if you have the book in front of you and then listen to the audio i think this would like totally immerse you but for like getting into that story i would definitely recommend the audiobook which is what randy did and i'm very very happy that you are like open to trying it out again and getting back into the story oh yeah that was really exciting <laughs> I, i'm definitely gonna get it again You know, I might have to go back and look at that, listen to our episode so I can look at all the books that you recommended, you know. Yeah, I mean, it always depends on what you're in the mood for. Like, it also sometimes happens to me, like, at the beginning of a month, I'm like, okay, what are, like, my priority books for the month? What do I need to read for our book club? What is something that I definitely want to finish? Do I have a project? Like, for example, I'm reading all of the Jane Austen books, so there's always one Jane Austen book on my TBR. I just have got one more left, so I'm going strong with that but like the, those are the thoughts that I have at the beginning of a month but usually what happens is that throughout the month like 
my mood might change or my circumstances at work or that I have to go to work and have to go like on a train again, etc. and can't work from home on a particular day. So the books that I want to read might change a bit. So I can mm -hmm. definitely like... I know what you mean by uh, by saying that it also depends on the mood and that not all of the recommendations were for you. Maybe they come in handy, like, I don't know, in a year or two when you go back to the episode and you're like, oh yeah, there was this other book. This could be something that I like to get into right now. But I'm super happy that at least Saga and the Illuminae Files stuck from the very beginning and that they also really encourage you to read more because this is ultimately what I was aiming to do. I just wanted to get you back into the reading mindset. And I yes. thought that Saga was probably like a safe bet because I knew that you were into manga or I think we found out on the episode that you were into manga and I was like, ah, oh, okay. Right, yeah. Saga, I think uh, it should Bef be Yeah, before, I, before we did the episode, I, I believe I told you I didn't read anything and that was a, that was a lie, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> unintentionally, I realized, oh, I do read a ton of uh, manga and I, I just started reading, well, I'll save it for later, but some Korean comics. Ooh, yeah, so this is today's episode. As I already said, I really love manga. I really loved anime when I was growing up. And it's not something that I've talked about too much on this podcast because I knew that at some point I wanted to do a collaboration because I think it's always more fun to talk with someone else who really loves manga to just like get into the world for a podcast episode. So yeah, I mean, I've got so many manga that I could talk about, but this collaboration is not only about me. First, I want to hear what like your favorite manga series are, what you've been growing up with, what you really enjoy at the moment, all of it. Just just tell us, tell the audience what are good You got mangas. it. You got it. And I hope I hope some of these, you know, overlap, I'm sure, with yours. But I think back then there were the big three. There was One Piece, there was Bleach, there was Naruto. And those were the big ones at the time. And now one piece, I think one piece right now is on chapter 1000 something. So yeah. <laughs> that one kind of lasted the longest. I think that one is the longest one so far. Bleach was fun. And not only did I read the manga, I, I watched the anime too. And then when the anime ends, I, I read the manga to find out what happens. <laughs> But yeah, those are the main three. And recently I've been, let me, let me think if there was anything else back then. You know, I got into a whole bunch of other ones, but one that sticks out now is there's something called Psy, um, okay. a manga where someone has superpowers, someone who doesn't have any superpowers at all suddenly gets some and then it gradually exponentially gets more powerful. And then by the end of the comic, no spoilers, but he's very powerful at the end. Uh, but that was, I remember that being a very beautifully you know, story and also, oh, you know what? Hunter x Hunter, probably my favorite manga of all time. Hunter x Hunter, known for being on and off towards the end because the artist, I think it had some health issues and, you know, maybe couldn't finish it. I think might've even passed away. I have never watched or read Hunter x Hunter, but my best friends have. And mm -hmm. they said that they were so sad because they did not know that it was not finished. And then they got to the last episode and it was not finished. And then they read that there is no possibility to really finish it, at least not by the same artist. So I think mm -hmm. you're right about that one. Yeah, and that, that's unfortunate uh, with with that one. But that would that's I I highly recommend that one. That one is such a good story. But right now, recently, I've been reading the Korean comic I teased is Solo Leveling. I think it's very popular. I'm sure a lot of people know of it. 
but it's it's really good. It's probably one of it's probably the best Korean comic right now out there. Okay. Can you tell us, like, at least for me, I did not know about it. Maybe because, you know, I'm reading so much else. I'm still like, like I think my manga bubble is not as big as it could be. <laughs> oh, gotcha. So de definitely elaborate a bit more on that. Like, what is the story about? Yeah, so, so solo leveling is about like these monsters that appear out of nowhere through these gates and, you know, yeah. half... I wouldn't say half the population, but a certain number of the population has powers and it's, you know, their duty to stop the monsters. But in this story, it's kind of nice because, you know, there's a whole economics thing with it where they're getting paid the most and they have like a very nice life. You know what I mean? And then so our main character is, I think, a level E hunter. They have like A, B, C, D, E levels, right? Mm -hmm. And so as an E hunter, he's with other E hunters. He's known for not being great and always, you know, it's kind of bringing the team down. So that's where it starts. And then, you know, all of a sudden that E group gets into a uh, unknown dungeon. And so in that dungeon, you know, so there is very, there's some very powerful demons or animals or, you know, whatever you call them. And, you know, they kind of get wiped out. Ex almost, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, but he makes it through. And, uh, you know, because he made it through that, he was, he's able to, you know, get stronger and stronger. And mm -hmm. so then like most of the story takes place as he's growing and, you know, gaining new powers, you know, helping other people. And you can kind of see, see his journey from, you know, being someone who wasn't very powerful at all to, you know, learning. And, and you can see like, you know, is he, is he kind of going to the dark side or, you know, where, what's he using his powers for that kind of thing. And it's a really great, you know, storytelling and, and you know, a lot of great graphics in there. And this is something called, You know, I forgot the name of it, but it's it's something called it's something where you look on it's it's made for phones basically. So you just scroll up, and it's it's almost like an endless scroll. But the graphics are just kind of it's not you know one two three in a row. It's everything's vertical, so you're reading everything. And sometimes they'll have a horizontal thing where you'll flip the phone and you can kind of see, you know, something like that. So you can see the story there, but mostly it's all in the in the wording okay cool that yeah. that sounds really great i mean like this is also one thing because as i said i already have got other books and also because we live in an apartment so there's like an end to our space so <laughs> unfortunately i can't like collect like huge batches of manga series because they do take up quite a lot of space if you are like a big manga collector yes. so mm -hmm. i've got like my yeah like my most favorite ones i've got as a physical copy and then i read a lot on my e-reader because by now oh, especially yes. graphic novels When you buy them, it's not like you're flipping through a PDF or something, but when they are newer, they are optimized so that you can also tap on the panel and then the panel gets bigger and you can tap it again and it gets back into the overall page. I think it's a very good experience also because sometimes, especially for graphic novels, because they are usually colored. For manga, it's very unusual that it's colored, but for graphic novels, they often do that. And I think the color really comes out very nicely on like at least on on my e-reader because i have one that also shows color so this is like definitely an added bonus that i don't lose the experience because i just have an e-reader that shows black and white so right. for me this works really really well and i can definitely imagine how this mobile phone optimized version is something that is very very 
good for the community also because I can totally see yourself, you know, you're on the subway, you're like with one hand, you're holding the handle so that you don't fall over. Then with your right yeah. hand, you just have your phone and you can just swipe down and consume the comic without having to like do an awkward like swiping motion in a weird way and nearly dropping your phone and stuff. So I think this this is really a good idea. So I think I will check that one out. Yeah, I, I think I will definitely yeah. check that one out. And for you and your audience, there's a thing called Viz on on the iPad. I'm sure they have them on tablets, like Android tablets too, but it's called Viz. And I don't know if it's it's for the it's like worldwide, but you can it, the free version you can you can read the first three chapters of you know any of the any of the mangas on there which and they have a lot like they have one piece they have naruto they have dragon ball super which is a really good one i highly recommend that <laughs> and just a ton of other ones that are you know maybe in the beginning phases so you can or you can pay i think i think it was something like six dollars a month but you get access to everything um okay. even all of all of one piece you know if you want to read all of one piece <laughs> But that, yeah, that's a, that's a, another commitment. That's another subscription commitment. If you, I'm on the free version technically because I've already read most of the One Piece. So you get the free first, the first three are free, and then the last three are free. So the ones that keep updating towards the end. I'm, so I'm as long as I'm keeping up with those three at the end, I'm, I'm still getting it for free. So yeah, that's a, that's a big tip if you're out there. That's cool. Thank you so much, Randy. Like yeah. actually, like you mentioned the three big ones. I have to admit. When I was younger, I did not read two of them. Like, I did not read Naruto. I also did not read Bleach. I also, like, I know that Naruto also has an anime. I never watched it. I also never watched Inuyasha, which is, like, another thing that was super popular in Germany. But I never watched it because I saw one... I, I think maybe I was still too young. I, I don't know. I think Inuyasha, yeah. on, like, in, su in some scenes, it was, like, it was a bit too much for me. So I... I did not watch That's okay. Inuyasha back in the day. But Same with me. Yeah, you do? Yeah, I, ne I never saw it. Yeah, I never saw it. I don't know. Like, b because for, like, with some of my friends who, like, really were into anime, they watched it. But that's, I think, due to the fact that they were all older than me, like, at least two or three years. So there's, of oh, course, when you're growing up, there's definitely the difference. But mm -hmm. one manga that and anime that, like, had an impact on my childhood like no other and that I've got so many funny memories with is Detective Conan I don't know <gasps> I, I think it's I think he has a different like he that he has a different name in the US version and I don't know why like it, <laughs> because because in yeah. Japanese the main character when he's like grown up he's uh, called Shinichi and he's called the same in the German version so you just have the Japanese names so to say that we just like maybe put them into more of a form that you can like pronounce more easily but they all have their Japanese names but I think for the US right. he's called Jimmy and not Shinichi I think I read that somewhere is that true oh Jimmy he it's not Conan his name's not Conan yeah 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 when he's small But they're uh -huh. like when he's grown, like, okay, sorry. Maybe I should start from the beginning. What is this Detective Conan story about? In the very first episode, we follow two 17 year olds. There's this guy called Shinichi Kudo. He's like super, super smart. He's a like detective in training, so to say. He's not officially in the police academy, but because his father is like this very, very like world famous crime author, he has basically grown up with like crime stories, etc. Because he's so smart he loves to solve cases and he also sometimes like he's so young but he still helps the police in Tokyo and 
they like he's very well known with the police force and he helps them and there's this other girl that he's been growing up with they secretly have a crush on each other but that's a different plot line so he and this girl who is the daughter of one of the like detectives of that tokyo area they go to a theme park Again, great plug for our wow, other collaboration. Wow, amazing, but, yeah. amazing. <laughs> they, they go to a theme park and there's a murder happening there. He's solving the murder, you know, he is like shining and he has his moment. He's showing off, yeah. Yeah, he's showing off. And after he solves this crime, he sees there are like two mysterious figures all clad in black. And they like, you know, they behave very suspiciously. And he's like, you know what? The girl is called Ran. Ran, wait here. I'm going after them. Please don't follow me. I don't know what's going to happen. And she's like, it's dangerous. Why are you going, etc. So yeah, so she's worried about him with reason. He's going after them. And he sees an exchange of like money versus a good and they actually kill the person that I think they kill the person who was delivering the money and he sees that and he wants to report it to the police but they spot him they like take him down and they give him a pill that is supposed to kill him but you know like not kill him outright you know with with a pistol in it or anything but you know it looks like he, as he just you know just fell over basically right but Every, I don't know, once in a hundred or two hundred or how many cases where they use that pill, it does not kill the person, but it just shrinks them to like a six-year-old child's body, but the mind still stays the same. So now he is trapped in his six-year-old body with the mind of a 17-year-old super detective. So he is like... Like now he's small, his parents, because he is like almost grown up, he basically lives on his own. His parents are gone and he is seeking refuge at like his neighbors. It's like he's like a professor. He knows about the secret. He's like, yeah, you know, I mean, I look like myself when I was six. You know how I look like back then. I don't know what happened. I need to find those bad guys and somehow like get like a cure for what they've done to me. And the professor gets a visit from the like girlfriend, Ran, because she's very like she has not heard from Shinichi for like a day and he was going after those bad guys. And she was like, I'm so worried. Where is he? And she discovers the little boy, like the little Shinichi version at the house of the professor. And the professor, of course, is bluffing and he's like, yeah, you know, it's from, I don't know, a friend's nephew, something. He's staying with me for a few days, blah, blah, blah. And uh, on the spot, Shinichi is coming up with the name Conan Edogawa and I think Conan is from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle who wrote Sherlock Holmes novels and Edogawa I think is like a very famous crime author in Japan if I recall oh, that correctly so he just puts he just puts the two names and you know Ran because she's like a very caring person she's like oh he's so cute I don't know professor do you really think that you're capable of caring for that child yeah <laughs> and he's like yeah well I don't know and she's like yeah you know we can take him I mean like just for a few days you say that he's just staying for a few days so if you just want us to take him in and care for him it's it's super fine and Conan is like oh wait 
her father is like a private detective and he's got like connections to the police maybe through being at his house i can find something out about those like guys in black the ones who are doing bad stuff so this is a setup of course you know he's secretly in love with this girl she thinks he's just a six-year-old boy the father of course is not very happy that suddenly there's a six-year-old boy in their apartment and conan helps the detective because the detective has like really fallen from grace a bit like he's not really good at his job but because he now has the secret help of that like little detective of course he does not know nobody knows that it's shinichi apart from the professor but he manages to help the detective in order to like solve different cases and you know get like a very big reputation so that he gets the very very famous cases so to say so that he gets more information on the men in black so it's an absolutely fantastic series it has also been going for i don't know how many like manga volumes how many episodes oh boy but i don't know what was wrong with me when I was a child, when I tell you this story now, you will be like, okay, something must have been definitely wrong with Marika when she was six years old. But I distinctly remember the first time I saw that anime and I was like, I want to watch this. It was after my gymnastics practice when I was six. I did gymnastics for whatever reason. And I came back and I just wanted to relax. I was at my grandparents' apartment. And I switched on the TV and I saw this very gruesome scene. Like there was a guy in like a samurai outfit and he was stabbing another guy with a katana sword and he was nailing him to the wall and there was a lot of blood. And I was like, yeah, this is something that I want to watch from now on. (laughs) I don't know. It was was like looking back at it, it was totally crazy. No, no, no. You know, (laughs) we have similar tastes, you know, we have similar tastes. Because actually, to be honest, this was actually, this was something I got into in high school where uh, someone actually on a football team, I'm not into sports, but I, I knew someone on a football team and he was talking about, this is the best anime. You got to watch it. It's actually called Case Closed in America. Oh, yeah. In the dub version, they called it Case Closed, not even Conan. And I watched the first, I don't know, 26 episodes and I was hooked. It was it yeah. was so amazing. And I, I, was, I was watching the dubbed version. I don't know if you were watching the dubbed or the the subbed, but subtitles. But and I mean, I watched the dubbed because back in the day, uh, I like we did not have internet, so we just mm-hmm. had TV. And on TV, they are not showing subbed things; they just show the stuff that is dubbed in German. So right. yeah, I grew up with the dubbed version. So I like moving on. <laughs> I just watched the dubbed ones. Okay, gotcha. And I don't, I don't know if you had this back then, but we had Power Rangers that was kind of taken from Japan. But it's a, it's a weird story because it was some guy who just saw some Japanese, you know, television, and he was like, "I can use the parts where, you know, there's no face showing, and you know, I'll save some money by having these action action scenes, you know, from Japanese from these Japanese shows, and I'll just put them into the American scenes, so we don't have to pay for stunts or anything like that." So. Oh. Okay. Yeah, but I did, not did you do you guys have Power Rangers out there? We had Power Rangers, but the Power Rangers that I know are not like an anime or anything, but they're like a real life version and they were pretty bad. 
But I think oh. it was, yeah, but, but I think it was like, maybe this is also a controversial opinion, but I thought that they were not really well done, but it might be that it was a German version or something and not the American one. I'm not sure. I never really watched it too extensively, right. so I'm not sure about that one. And you know, there's so many generations. I was lucky enough to grow up with the first one. And that's and, and this was before the internet, so I think everyone's ex expectations, their kids were very low. And I remember seeing something on TV, a documentary where the adults who made the Power Rangers had a really hard time selling it because you know all the other adults wouldn't see the potential that the kids, because the kids see through some things like the plot, the graphics, all mm -hmm. that. And, but but yeah, the kids loved it, so it got very popular. And I even remember I had some toys from you know from back then that uh, that were very you know popular very well made too because they were from japan some of them uh -huh, okay i never had like a figurine of anything of detective conan because you know like and and also what i really love about detective conan is that like in every in every episode you get to see a different case and the way how those murders or like crimes were conducted It was always so fascinating to see. And just to think that there's somewhere out there, there's a manga artist who thinks of those different ways of like setting up a crime scene was absolutely fascinating to me growing up. Like I thought, that, okay, this person is not only very good at drawing, he's also so very good at thinking. And like, he must be so smart to think of all of these different things. So this was like so very fascinating to me. and. The one funny thing for, like, this really guided me throughout my whole life. I don't know, like, it might sound a little bit weird. Like, Detective Conan gave me a chance also to bond with my best friend, Andy, because he really loves Detective Conan and he has got, like, all the manga volumes. And I was always very jealous because I never had all of them because I always had, like, problems with space in whatever apartment I yeah. was in. So I, I basically mostly watched the anime and then I had, like, some volumes of the manga. But now what I do is like they do those bind-ups, they have a theme, like there's one FBI theme and then you get like all those scenes that have to do with the FBI, they are in one or there's like two ones that are just related to the, the Men in Black that I mentioned. So whenever there's an episode when they come up, this is like put into that manga volume, etc. So I have those because they comprise like very, very cool scenes of the manga. But uh, yeah, of course, when you have like the whole set, it's like uh, very satisfying. But also like the yeah. most random thing happened to me relating Detective Conan. And that was when I was in China. I lived in China for half a year and I was staying with a host family and they had a 10 year old daughter and I was there to also like be an English teacher for her. And I remember the first day when I went there, we were sitting in the living room. I was sitting there with the mom and we were setting up my contract. And you know, we were doing like adulting stuff and the girl just randomly sat down next to us and she was starting to read a manga. And when the host mom was just writing something down, I was like looking at what she was reading. I was like, are you kidding me? So she was reading the Chinese version of Detective Conan. I was like, okay, wow. I now have got something to bond over with her. I'm pretty sure that my stay is going to be fun. And it really yes. was like that. Like after we set up the contract, I was like, yeah, what are you reading? Do you like this manga? We have it in Germany too. I grow up with it, etc. And it was like 
we instantly bonded over this story and it was so mm -hmm. fun because we watched the manga in Chinese together so I improved my Chinese and she wrote like down for me in a little notebook all the names so that I knew when a word that I didn't understand was a name <laughs> and not like a word that I should possibly understand so it, it was very fun like it was very interactive for us so Detective Conan is also definitely the one manga slash anime that impacted my life in a very wow. big way. I don't know if you Incredible. have anything like that. I think One Piece is probably the most exciting slash dramatic, you know, slash... I mean, just very intense. Like, I cried a lot during uh, reading that manga. Yeah. You know, a lot of, and I, I got excited. You know, I, I think what's his name? Zoro is my favorite character. Mm. But mm. like, you know, sometimes he would, you know, sacrifice himself. And I thought, wow, this is so brave. You know what I mean? And so those are like the emotional parts. Uh, there was a part where he absorbed a bubble. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. He absorbed, he absorbed a bubble, and I was like, wow. Uh, I think I, <laughs> I think I cried for like. Oh, I don't know. I, I definitely teared up though, for sure, during that one. And then I, I read the manga. And then you, re, then you, sometimes you'll see it again in the anime, and then it's even better, you know, because they animate the whole thing. But you know, yeah. the way they write it, you can really, I mean, you see the picture right there, but you can really imagine it in your mind too. But mainly yeah. the pictures there. But that's yeah, One Piece is probably the biggest for me. Yeah, One Piece is also my favorite like manga to anime adaption because I think they do like such a great job with really bringing the story to life, as you just said. And I mean, like, you know, Detective Conan is emotional in its own way, but because you've got so much crime around you all the time you get numb to certain things at some point but for one piece it's very different because you've got such a strong bond with all of these characters and because the characters are so very different like when something like this happens to them all this sacrificing and everything like you just mentioned it hits you in a very different way so one piece definitely i can totally vouch for that this is a great pick my fiance he also loved detective conan when he was growing up but one piece was definitely 100 is definite highlights of course he also loved dragon ball and everything but especially manga to anime wise one piece is definitely his favorite and because at some point i stopped to watch the one piece anime we made it our mission to like watch the rest up to the point where they are now like so far we did not see the entire thing yet because we had so many episodes to catch up on but there were definitely so many so emotional parts where i was like i can i can really see where you're coming from with the way how you are just hit so very emotionally so yeah one piece is is definitely definitely one do you read your manga in a physical form or or have you done that like in the past or have you always tried to go the digital route it's always yeah it's always been digital even back then there were you know you know not i'm sure they weren't legal back then but you know there there would be a website and then people would send me the website and you can you can read it on there or i think even actually in the library they had some issues too so sometimes i would go to the oh. library but mainly yeah they'd have a website up and it wouldn't really, I, I didn't think it was back then, but I guess because it, it got shut down, I found out uh, it is. <laughs> I, I'm sure you know there's some copyright law or something. But um, yeah, right now, until I found that Viz uh, 
I hate to keep promoting it. They're not sponsoring me in any way. I'm a theme park <laughs> podcast. So, but yeah, Viz, if you guys can't just get that app in, I think it might even be like $5 a month because you have to read it. And a lot of people are, you know, every, all the, all, you know, all the content now is streaming, streaming, streaming. So I think they're just trying to make, you know, any, anything really right now. So this definitely answers one of the questions that I had because I was wondering whether you have a copy of a manga that you really, really cherish because you've got like a special memory attached to it or anything. Mm -hmm. But if you only read digitally, then you probably don't. Yeah, those memories are erased and erased because <laughs> there's really so many, you know, and I'm sure I'm, I'm totally missing a lot of series totally, you know, because yeah. there's there have just been so many over the years. I mean, like, sometimes you really have that. You leave a book or a manga behind with, like, a very good feeling. And then after a while, after you consume so much more content, you can't really remember a lot of the details, but the feeling still remains. So this is still good. Like, one of the mangas that I definitely very much enjoyed that is maybe, like, not... That was not around for, like, such a long time as One Piece, Detective Conan, Inuyasha, etc. was Orange. I especially have Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a teacher, right? He was a teacher and it was, like, a classroom thing. Slice of Life and, uh, manga. Um, yeah, sort of. But in Orange, you don't follow the teacher, but you follow a handful of students. And one mm -hmm. of the main characters is a girl and she like there's this new guy coming to her class and she like invites him into their friend group. And on the day when he comes into the class and she like they bond in their friend group, when she comes home, there's a letter from herself in the future and she's telling her like past self this new boy who just came to your school, he's going to commit suicide. I will tell oh. you exactly what could have impacted the way why he felt about this. And you have to do something that he does not like that he does not commit suicide. So yeah, so the story progresses from there. Of course, it's very emotional. At the beginning, you don't really know whether it's a scam or whether it's really coming from the future. But, you know, over the course of time, you really see that so much is predicted of what is going to happen. You see, like, the in inner monologue that the girl has of not knowing whether what she did was enough. And, in like, it's a very, very emotional read. And the way how they publish it now is that you've got two very big bind-ups and then one smaller bind-up that is looking at it all like from the perspective of the future selves this is very cool like i've got a very special memory with this copy in particular because i bought it at kinokinia in new york and i went there like because you know when you're when you're someone who really loves books and you are in an apartment and you don't have that much space and you also don't have that much space in your luggage, I told my fiance like, okay, New York has got so many wonderful bookstores, but I will just pick one and I will go there and I will buy something so that I have something from a New York bookstore. And I picked Kinokinia because they, of course, they have like one section and at the ground floor where you've got like all the like contemporary and fantasy, like current reads, so to say, like actual books. And then on the first floor, it's just manga. So I went there, I went to the section and I knew 
that orange would probably be a good thing to get because it's just like two bigger volumes and one smaller one and not like, I don't know, 10 volumes or something in this manga edition. Because the thing is, what you always have to think is that here in Germany, manga is in German. So if I would go to New York and buy, I don't know, three volumes in English and then I would need to buy the rest in German here. So, oh. you know... Yeah, th th this is something that a lot of people always forget, but right. it's not so easy to get like English copies of those mangas here in Germany. So I was like, this is supposed to be like the perfect series because it's so small, I can just pack it in my baggage, it's, it's fine. And when I read it when I was here in Germany, I was like, okay, this is the perfect pick. I also left the little Kinokinia sticker on the back and now it's like, it's, it's a very cherished copy because I've got such fun memories with it. But yeah, this is definitely a recommendation, orange for everyone. It's, it's a very good one. That's wonderful, yeah. I kind of forgot too. Um, I guess that's the downside of being a minimalist, huh? Is that, you know, you have all, you have all the content in the world, but you can't, you can't really attach it to a physical object so uh <laughs> which which is kind of unfortunate but i was kind of thinking you know you were talking about you know buying the manga and having a you know a connection to it right yeah. and i was thinking what because i i'm thinking of like what things i've bought you know that aren't manga and i think there's a few um <laughs> they don't come to mind uh, off the top of my head but I think I'm sure it's like a, a shirt, you know, or a jacket that I bought yeah. somewhere that I, you know, that I use. So I guess more practical, but yeah, we're on anime and you actually, before I forget, one of the best genres of uh, these anime mangas are the sports, you know, you know what I mean? The sports of anything. There's bas yeah. Kuroko's, Kuroko's basketball. There's a sumo one. Uh, there's a swimming one. Uh, yeah, I've even watched it's, uh, it's three crazy. tennis ones. Yeah, there's so many. For everyone who does not know, I was a competitive swimmer when I was younger. Oh. And I was oh. I was actually fairly good. Like I went to the nationals several times. I even won oh medals and stuff. So I was not that bad. The anime that Randy is talking about that is about swimming is called Free. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it is so, because I watched it when I was not competitively swimming anymore, but watching it really brought all those memories back, like the mindset, how much time you need to spend in the pool, like what you need to do, what you sacrifice also. One of the most vivid memories that I have is that like my friends in school, they like went to the cinema on the weekend and I was always like, sorry, I can't. I'm at a competition. And it was like this nearly every weekend. Mm -hmm. And also, also like they, they went to the city after school. And I was like, sorry, like I can only like go to lunch with you because then I need to go to swimming practice directly. So yeah, these are the things like you sacrifice some things. But on the other hand, you learn so much about yourself. You gain so much confidence, like also like in your own body, you know exactly what you can do. You really like get to know yourself and like your physical strength and your mindsets that you can develop very well. So it always has its pros and cons. But really watching that anime really like it brought so much memories. And as you said, like 
all the sports, manga and anime are so fun to consume, but they are, of course, like they all have special meaning when you have a special detachment to that sport. But mm -hmm. like, is there one, like, of course, the swimming one will always be very, very near and dear to my heart. But is there one that you would recommend that is very good for people who even have not experienced the sport in that way? Because maybe I will check that one out next. Because I'm always looking for mm. more manga and there's so much out there and I don't know where right. to start. <laughs> um, for me, there was also a volleyball one that I got into. But uh, uh, connection-wise, I'm really into tennis. And I wasn't really before in high school, but now I am. I'm even considering joining a adult league, you know, right now in the next couple months. But yeah, there's a tennis one I remember watching that gave me a ton of nostalgia because I actually lived in Japan for a little bit, a year and a half. And I, you know, I watched this anime and it was exactly like, I was like, wait a minute, I recognize that place. And they, you know, the, for, they, it looked exactly like Enoshima. The place I went to, you know, this little island thing when I was in Japan, and that's where they—that's where one of the competition was. Oh no, that's what—that's where one of the uh, sport, you know, retreat, you know, I guess uh, team building thing was. And I was like, wow, it's very accurate. And on top of all, all of that, the tennis was technique-wise, they had everything down, you know, uh, and it was—it was actually really good tennis tips in the anime. So it wasn't just you know random tennis <laughs> rallying. Which, which I did watch in a newer one recently. But uh, yeah, this was like maybe five years ago, 2016. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I need to check that out because for everyone who does not follow the Olympics, for the first time in like, I don't know how many years, I think for the first time ever, a German, Alexander Zverev, won the like men's single Olympic tennis competition. And it was wow. like a big thing. <laughs> yeah, incredible. So, yeah, I, I is think this I recent? This, this is super recent. I think it was was it yesterday or maybe the day before. I don't know. Like it was super. Oh my super goodness! Recent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't had a chance to to look. There's just so many. You know, I just kind of look at the recaps, but I, I yeah, missed that we, somehow. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah. also look at the recaps like there's like okay I have to talk about this now because I also have like another thought about the swimming manga and the swimming mm -hmm. anime so I'm very proud because one of the girls like the one girl that won a medal at the Olympics this time the swimmer Sarah Köhler I actually know her from like swimming before because i think there was a time really between, i don't nine and 15 where we did not swim in the same club but we were in the same area so we went to the same swimming competitions nearly every weekend so we saw each other nearly every weekend we were in the same like year we were we are both 1994 so yeah we we were basically swimming against each other all the time and at some point when i switched schools and i had like a few injuries at my foot i was like okay i'm like leaving the swimming competition scene and i'm focusing on school now but she stayed with the sport and now she's won an olympic medal like for the first time in years for a female swimmer from germany like yeah. you know like in the in the pool like of course there are some from germany who are very like very proficient when it comes to swimming in the open water but in the pool we have not had a medal in so many years and when, when i saw that she won a medal i was very proud not only because i know her but i know how much really goes 
into that sport, how much time you spend in the pool, how much you sacrifice for that sport. And because I know her personally, I was so very, very happy. And like a fun thing, because I know swimming is a popular sport, but competitive swimming is maybe not, it's maybe more niche. So there's one thing that I want to mention about the swimming anime free, because I recently like heard another podcast that is also about books and they mentioned this anime very briefly. And there's this one girl and you could clearly see that she was never like a competitive swimmer because she said, I really love that anime, but it's so random. Like whenever they're close to the pool, the boys, they just like throw all of their clothes away and they just dive into the water. This is so unrealistic. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> well, that happens. You know? very, this <laughs> yeah. is very true to the point. You you can't imagine how many practices I had where there were guys who were like late for the practice and they basically came running in. They had all of their clothes on. They like threw them away <laughs> while running and while wow. the coach was yelling at them for being late. And they just made it like throwing off their t-shirt, putting on the goggles and cap and then straightly diving into the water. I was like, this is actually very true to the point so yeah it's a fun anime like when you when you experienced swimming in some way or form competitively watch it because it's it's a very fun time i'll be honest i haven't seen that one specifically but i yeah that's i think that's one of the few i haven't seen of the sports ones so it's called free right yeah i'll have to check it out for sure wow free with an exclamation mark right and there's okay i remember the name now that tennis one i'm talking about it's called baby steps and it's unlike you know there's it's baby there's there's an anime called baby steps and then there's another one called prince of tennis which is an older one Uh, and that one's very well known but baby steps is you know maybe not so well in america it follows a you know a student who isn't so good but he gets better and better through practice and practice and you know those scenes where he's practicing they're actually giving really good tennis tips so yeah that's cool baby so steps this is this is a great recommendation for everyone who loves tennis definitely go check that out before we wrap up the episode i just want to put something out there because when i was growing up i like experienced at some points that when you are into something like manga or anime something that some people may think about as you know being a bit nerdy or anything like that some people really get discouraged about that and they don't like you know they don't communicate very openly that this is something that they love i can tell you from experience that if you like openly say and speak about the things that you love the people who also love these things will find you and you will find real friends and you will find great ways to bond with people and one of my greatest examples for this is actually pokemon because when i met my fiance i mean i met him five years ago so i was already an adult how old was i i was 22 so i was 22 i meet this guy of course back then i didn't know that i would potentially marry him but we just got to meet each other and we were like talking casually like what we like and i mentioned that I really love Pokemon. He was very fascinated by that. And he was like, wow, there's an adult woman who is openly committing to liking the same series that I loved so much when I was growing up. This is super interesting. I need to find more about her. And 
So this gave him the push to contact me after we met and now we're getting married in less than a month. So I'm telling you, like as a little closer for this episode, just stand up for what you love. In the end, it will probably guide you to the right people in your life. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Pokemon. I, I, in the beginning of this episode, I would have never thought, you know, we'd, I'd find out, you know, the Pokemon is the reason, you know, basically you're getting married. It's the starting, it's the ignition, right? The, the, it's, it's, a, it's a story that we always love to tell because on the one hand, it really gets across the point that like you can't find people who like the same things if you don't say that you like these things like it's not possible like maybe sometimes you're like very lucky and you meet someone who stands up for that that they like that and then you can be like uh, yeah i like that too and then you can bond but to be honest most of the times that does not happen and sometimes you just need to like be the initiator of that conversation in order right. to like get that piece of information okay. so yeah we, gotcha. we always love talking about it because up to this day we always play the pokemon games together like we each get like because they always come out in pairs so each of, yes. of us gets like one version and then we play together and yeah it's it's a great oh, time that's wonderful. i know you're about to end it but real quick you yeah. know you and your fiance and then me My favorite Pokemon ever. The listeners want to know. Mine is Blastoise. <laughs> what's your What's yours and what's your fiance's? Blastoise is actually a very good choice. Like I think my fiance's is Charizard. I had to oh, think of nice. the English name at some point. Yeah, so so it's Charizard definitely, and mine is maybe like a bit more niche because it's not from the first generation, but from the mm -hmm. second generation, and it's Lugia. Oh and, yeah, that's a beautiful yeah. one. Yeah. I love Lugia like because of the movie I really love the movie but I think I get the feeling that we could talk about Pokemon for just another episode so I'm just putting yes, that out yes, there yeah. potentially there will be a third collaboration Pokemon episode Pokemon. Pokemon collab all right I have a million Pokemon questions but yeah I'll, I'll give it to you you we can <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, end you know we'll end it Yeah, and we will talk about the Pokemon questions in another episode. So thank you everyone for listening. As you heard, we are both very excited about talking about all of these things. But to finish off this episode, I hope that until the next time we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts, Randy, do you want to talk about your podcast? Like, give a little plug. Where can people find you just to finish off the episode? Yes, my new podcast is called The Last Theme Park Podcast. And you can find it anywhere. It's on Apple Podcasts. I think if you type in The Last Theme Park, it will pop up pretty much on any platform that you have. Thank you so much, Randy, for being on my podcast. It was a lovely time. Again, putting it out there that at some point we will probably do a Pokemon collaboration. And yeah, see you next time, everyone. Bye. Absolutely. Bye. And I got to say, wee for my podcast. I think I'm going to use that for my new one too. My, <laughs> a new ending. I just thought of that. Thank you so much. And thank you, all your listeners. Thank you.